Hello everyone and welcome back to Bench Busted. I'm Nick. I'm joined by Jack. Jack, it's been a very long international break. How are you doing? How's football? Yeah, I'm not doing too bad. As you say, you know, we did take a couple of weeks out of recording just to, you know, I guess relax and unwind over the international break. And of course, we've had the international fixtures, which I mean, from an England standpoint, haven't been too great. But then again, in my personal opinion, I don't think Southgate has a clue about what his best starting eleven is at the moment. And, uh, you know, he says that he wants to pick players on form and then goes and picks a bunch of players who have barely gotten any minutes so far this season. But hey, we can have that conversation and I could talk about my uh, gripes with England for hours on end, but I don't want to bore our listeners with that too much. But yeah, you know what? Not too bad. Excited for the Premier League to be back, of course, uh, you know, we're going now into game week nine and of course uh, the World Cup is going to rear its ugly head in, in just a matter of weeks really. Yeah, we do still have to bear that in mind, but we are firmly in the sort of second quarter of the season as it were. So yeah, hype to get back into it. Yeah, the annual Watch Argentina win a tournament. Tournament is, no, I'm picking Argentina for the World Cup by the way, but um, I'm excited for football too. I have fewer gripes than you about England because... I see it as sort of like a joke. I've sort of lost all hope ages ago, Jack. So I admire you for having hope and for wanting things to be positive. I've I've lost hope as well. I don't want to get into the nitty gritty of it because I could speak for hours on end about it. But yeah, but you see that sweet Kai Havertz brace. Oh yeah, of course. But you know, is, are any of us going to be picking him anytime soon in our fantasy Premier League teams? I don't think so. Oh well. Don't say it too soon because I think it's been a long time, so there's been a lot of news that's come and gone for us. But it's important to remember, we may not have touched on this last time, Graham Potter has left Brighton and joined Chelsea. All of the Chelsea assets suddenly become an option, I think. And who knows? Who knows how Havertz will look or how Sterling will look or how Reese James and Kukurea will look? That's news that I don't know if we touched on, but Jack, it might mean that, yeah, I bet. I bet at some point this season you stop me and you say, oh, Nick. I'm considering Kai Havertz. Unless he comes into a bit of good form, then yeah, maybe. But I mean, what what's his price? Like eight million? You're looking at a sort of similar price to the likes of Gabriel Jesus. I mean, Tony's sort of getting up there now. I think he's up to seven point three. So you're looking at those sorts of players, and on the face of it, so far this season, they've had the better form you'd have to say so I mean yeah maybe in a couple of weeks time maybe he does pick up a goal or two and you know maybe I've changed my mind but I do think that this uh, appointment of Graham Potter has certainly come at a good time for Chelsea in terms of where they're at and, and their upcoming fixtures I mean right now all the way through until the World Cup their fixtures on paper they've got Man United and Arsenal in that sort of run of 10 or so games and the other games in and around that certainly look as if they are good games on paper and a chance for Graham Potter to really put his stamp down on that side. I mean, he what, he's been in charge for one game, is it two games maybe? I think he had one game in charge in the Champions League before the international break. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that. And uh, I mean, it certainly does feel as if maybe some of the Chelsea defensive options might come into the fold a bit more. Rhys James, uh, potentially Chilwell as well. I know that Graham Potter would like to play Cucurella and Chilwell at the same time, obviously having that relationship with Cucurella as well. But we'll have to wait and see. I mean, 
I've not really got my eye on any Chelsea attackers despite that run of fixtures, as I say, but who knows? In a couple of weeks' time, it might change. Yeah, see, that's the spirit. Who knows indeed? I'd say it's it's been so long since we last sort of uh, recorded, and it's, it's because there's been an international break. I think it's important. We might, maybe we won't cover like how our teams necessarily did, but we both wildcarded, Jack, going into last week. How did your wildcard do? Are you are you happy with your team's performance? How did you do in the most recent game week? I'm okay with it, you know. We didn't actually wildcard going into game week 8. We wildcarded going into game week 7. And then, of course, the games were, were postponed due to, uh, of course, the death of Her Majesty the Queen. So, you know, I sort of, in the back of my mind, was always wanting to save the wildcard until the international break. And it did come a week early, which was maybe not that great, but... On the face of it, 62 points. I mean, Alexander Isak picked up a goal. Of course, it was a penalty, all three bonus points as well. KDB picking up 10 points. Haaland only getting one goal, which was uh, a bit disappointing, to be honest. But, you know, James Madison uh, picking up a goal against Spurs, although they did eventually go on to lose 6-2 in that game. An absolute rout from uh, Spurs eventually. Um, and, you know, Hyungman Son coming off the bench and scoring a hat-trick within 17 minutes or something crazy like that was... Just insane to see. I mean, yeah, you know, Trippier picking up the assist for the Isaac penalty. Uh, it was a bit annoying to see the Newcastle clean sheet get wiped out. So, you know, having that double up with Nick Pope and, of course, Kieran Trippier wasn't great. But at the end of the day, I'll take it 62 points. Uh, it actually got me a fairly decent rank increase. I'm being completely honest. I went from 3.6 million all the way up to 2.8 million. So nothing to be laughed at. I'll take it. What about you? Well, honestly, dude, when you put it like that, I'm actually kind of thankful that I've only finished three points behind you because I thought I had quite a poor week, really. A lot of my subs or punts didn't do particularly well. Andreas got one point, And you can see, actually, that the way that I organised my bench um, was from lowest score to highest score because... Bailey got three and then Patterson got six, but he was so deep on the bench, there was no hope of him ever coming off of it. Perisic did start, but it wasn't really a worthwhile punt because he got hooked before 60 minutes, conceded too many goals. And even though he got an assist, he only got two points overall. So it feels like that's just what happens when midfield players play. Speaking of, Almiron, two points, Martinelli, three, you know, so it wasn't that great. I just nailed the premiums or or not necessarily nailed them, but I'm happy with them. Like Haaland and, and Kane, I'm happy with them. Son felt like a risk. He did come off the bench and score a hat trick, but crumbs. Like you might, owners must have been pretty unhappy. Like unhappy to see him bench, benched and then scared up until he started popping off. You know, like and I wouldn't want that to be my situation. I'd much rather just have a player who I think is going to play every game because because I think the the Son benching was not necessarily just rumored, but like on the cards as well. Like the guy's knackered. I'm happy with that. I'm happy that, by the way, thank you. I, I picked Madison over Foden. I know they both scored, but now I don't have to worry about Foden. <laughs> I just have Madison. <laughs> and I mean, of course, you know, there is that looming fixture between City and Arsenal as well. So it does take away one of those City players that, you know, that game week 12 fixture between City and Arsenal has been uh, cancelled to facilitate the fact that Arsenal's game against PSV Eindhoven needs to be played uh, in the. Uh, in the 
Champions or Europa League rather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You almost you almost promoted Arsenal to the Champions League. Can you believe it? Honestly, I couldn't I couldn't remember. Even though I've watched the All or Nothing Arsenal series on Amazon, I, I honestly couldn't remember. It's weird, isn't it? Because they didn't get all or nothing in the end. They got sort of mediocrity. They got the middle ground between all or nothing. They sort of qualified for a rubbish European competition that they now have to deal with. And it's ruining it's gonna ruin their season. I think all of these teams that are in Europe are going to really struggle uh, as the fixtures pile up and the World Cup comes tumbling in. Which, again, thank you, James Madison. You're just here. You haven't got European football. You might be bottom of the league, Leicester. You might be bottom of the league, but at least you're giving me points with matters. Madison in the calendar year of 2022, and yes, I know that it's stretching back to half of last season as well. But in a calendar year so far, I think he's got like the fifth or sixth highest points in FBL. What quality pick? Like, really quality pick. You're getting ahead of the curve, Jack. You're Madison Pick. I mean, as you say, like, Leicester may be bottom of the league, but if there is one standout player on that side at the moment and someone who is more or less guaranteed to start every single game for that side, it is James Madison. And the next couple of fishes for him, Forrest at home, Bournemouth away, you know, those are... I wouldn't say must win. Well, they are relegation six-pointers. <laughs> Maybe I would. It is, isn't it? You know, th- those are games that you'd fancy Leicester picking up, you know, at least four points from those two games. And certainly you can see James Madison getting involved in the goals. Maybe not scoring, but certainly getting a couple of assists in his uh, in his pocket as well. So we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But I think that certainly Madison is a player to pick for not just the immediate game weeks, but for the fixtures all the way up into the World Cup as well. And Jack, that's what I love. I love these ahead-of-the-curve picks, which brings us, I suppose, very seamlessly into punty picks. I'm a bit reluctant to to go on to punty picks this week because let's, let's not beat around the bush. We both pick Newcastle players. I picked someone who's scored like two league goals ever, and I was really confident that he was going to start returning, and now he's a problem in my actual team as well. You picked someone who looks like a quality player and turns out is on penalties in Isaac versus my Almiron. So well done there, I suppose. Do you want to gloat or anything? No, I mean, I think, I, honestly, I didn't know that Isaac... <laughs> I didn't know he was on pens. No, well, I didn't know he was going to be on pens. I mean, obviously, he's a, he is that main striker or he was the uh, only fit striker that, that Newcastle had available. But I honestly thought it would probably go to one of the sort of elder statesmen of, of that club and, and maybe not be uh, put on his shoulders, so to speak. But you know what, I'm happy with that. And as I say, I mean, I've put him in my team last week and it was a brilliant decision from myself, if I must say so. But he has subsequently been injured in the international break and, and is uh, going to be out for at least you know two to three weeks. So Newcastle, I think Callum Wilson might be on the verge of coming back now. And I know oh, that they... You sweet summer child, Jack. Hey, I'm just saying, I'm just saying... Callum Wilson's always on the verge of coming back, isn't he? <laughs> but I mean, they've you know they, they were without players like Bruno Guimaraes as well, who is looking like he'll come back in their uh, away fixture against Fulham this weekend. Uh, Alison Maximum doesn't look too far away either, um, so they are slowly but surely getting back to full strength. But just sticking on the topic of Newcastle while we're there, I know we'll get onto punty picks in just a moment, but the fact that. Everyone's talking about Newcastle and, and whatever and their, how, how good defensively they've looked to start the season and, and whatever. They've only picked up one win. One win, yeah. In eight games or seven games. It's it's bizarre to think that we're, we're talking in them in such 
sort of high regard, and they've only got one win, which it's just beyond me. Well, yeah, I actually, it's, it's, sorry, it's been it's been so long. I I think I messaged you about this. I think just after it all started, just after um, they conceded to Bournemouth, I messaged you or around that time, and I said, "Why have we tripled up on a team?" Oh, I've tripled up. I think you tripled up too, right? You probably had Pope and Trippier. Why have we tripled up on a team that have only got one win so far this season? It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's weird how FPL does that, how you start looking at teams. Like, we're looking at Madison, and we've got him, obviously. He has he does play for a team that have only got one point so far this season. Not even a win. One point. And we're sort of hoping that they... I mean, they can't get worse, and he's returning, so probably he's going to get better. But yeah, you're right about Newcastle. I'm I'm very worried about them, and I I almost wish that I wasn't doubled up on their defence, Jack. I <laughs> <laughs> sort of regret that. Do you regret it? I mean, only time will tell. I've only had the two of Pope and Trippier in my team for one week, so I think it's a bit harsh to sort of judge them based on their performance from just one week. I mean, yes, against Bournemouth, you would have hoped, expected them to keep a clean sheet, but it is what it is. Anything can happen in in the Premier League, and yeah, I guess that just goes to show. But yeah, you know what? Having Pope and Trippier, I'm not too concerned about them at the moment. As I say, I think that they do have a decent sort of run of fixtures all the way up until the World Cup as well. Yes, they've got United and Tottenham and Chelsea just before the World Cup break. But yeah, we'll see. I think their sort of mid to short term fixtures are okay. And, you know, if Pope can continue to pick up save points here and there and, and maybe nab a bonus point or two as well, if they do keep a clean sheet, then... I'm not really going to be complaining in a couple of weeks' time. I'm hopeful too. I've got hope in my heart and optimism in my eyes. And I'm I'm also really praying that this Pope Trippier nonsense pays off for me because it doesn't it just doesn't seem sensible right now looking back on it, does it? And that was merely one game week ago that I made that decision and um already regretting it. I wish I had diversified a bit more or picked someone that I didn't want to immediately transfer out. <laughs> who knows? So I will ask you, I, I actually know, I was going to say that I know who you're going to pick this week for a fact, but we actually discussed it just before we started recording and could have gone one or two ways with it, Jack. So I'm going to let you have the the pick. You're currently 4-1 up in punty picks now. And I think we're, we're still doing it by score rather than points scored, because if we do it by points scored, you'll get too far ahead that I'll never catch up. <laughs> I'm going to be the gentleman. I'm going to let you have the first pick of the punts this week. Who are you going for and why? Well, I mean, there, are, as you say, you know, we did have a short discussion before we started recording, but there are quite a few players sort of less than 8 million and less than 10% ownership that, you know, have decent fixtures this week. You look at, really, I mean, the standout fixture in terms of that. I mean, you've got two which stand out in my mind, um, and that is, of course, Leeds versus Aston Villa and Leicester versus Forest Aston Villa haven't looked great defensively recently. I mean, they did, what, did they pick up a clean sheet? I think they picked up a clean sheet in their last game. But, you know, they, there are some frailties showing there at the back. And then, yeah, I mean, Forest newly promoted side going up against Leicester. It's a big game for Leicester, and it's a game that, for me, has got James Madison written all over it. So I'm going to go with James Madison, your boy. And, uh, yeah, you know, 7.9 million. So he just sneaks in under... 8 million, 6.6% team selected by. And yeah, home fixture against Forest, potential must win game for Leicester and, and a player who on free kicks on corners uh, as well. So yeah, I think that he is a fantastic punty pick for this week. Mate, 
I rate it. I love the pick. I knew you were going between those two games. Um, and if I was a brave man, I'd pick uh, Barnes. I'd pick Harvey Barnes. But I'm not a brave man. And I don't want to go head-to-head with you anymore. I lost the Isaac versus Almiron battle. And I'm not interested in another battle where I'm definitely going to be weaker. I'm going to let that game be a complete chaos. It's, it's, it's a bit of a derby. Whatever. A bit of a derby on a Monday night. I'm not interested in dealing with that or predicting that. Instead, I'm going to go for the safe pick. We all know Leeds are going to batter Aston Villa. We know it. Deep in your heart, Jack, you know it. And I'm going to pick Harrison. I'm going to pick... Yeah, I think I'm going to pick Jack Harrison as my as my punty pick this week. I think I'm picking him over Sinistera or over Aronson, who you were talking about actually at one point before we started recording. Because he's the player that I want to get in my team but I'm not going to get him in my team this week. So I'm picking him as like, a, if he doesn't do well, I will say, oh, well, lucky for me. <laughs> now I'm going to get him in the head of when he does start scoring points. But Are if you he, aware that Sinistera has scored three goals in the international break? I'm completely unaware of that. That's that's really off-putting to me. Um, I'm going to stick with Jack Harrison. Someone's got, <laughs> someone's got to assist the goals, Jack. But someone's got to pick him. Someone's got to pick him. So yeah, and if he does well then I'll win this and I'll be disappointed that I didn't transfer him in a week earlier. So, so it sort of saves me heartbreak. I'm going for Jack Harrison. Good luck to you. I think we'll, we'll have a look then at the other fixtures. So obviously touched on touched on the big two, you know, the Leeds versus Villa game and, and the, the Leicester versus Forest. <laughs> there are a lot of games this weekend. and I don't mean a lot of games. It's just 10, which we haven't had, it feels like, in, in weekends and weekends. At the moment, there are a lot of games that are going ahead. Obviously, there are train strikes that are planned to happen this weekend and and continue through to next weekend as well so we've not heard anything yet um and obviously travel was disrupted and and had meant that the brighton versus crystal palace game was going to be called off regardless of uh what was happening with the queen's uh, funeral and yeah you know what there are plenty of fixtures as you say um we've got a full suite 10 games at the moment and hopefully none of them get called off. I mean, I, I don't really think we can afford to call off any more games because the fixtures are just going to start piling up, especially, as you mentioned earlier, for the teams that are in Europe as well, having to deal with the fact that you're going to lose four weeks effectively to the World Cup. You've then got a busy Christmas period after that and then trying to find time where you can fit the games in for the remainder of the season is going to become impossible, really. And... Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, these games need to go ahead and, and hopefully none of them get postponed. But as you say, there are a lot of games and I think a lot of people's eyes are going to be, well, we've got two big derbies this weekend. We've got one to open up the weekend, of course, a North London derby between Arsenal and Spurs. And then on Sunday, the early kickoff at two o'clock is Manchester City versus Manchester United. So two very big games over the weekend and I don't know which one I'm more excited to watch, to be honest. Mate, I'm telling you, you're more excited for the... You're not You're not interested in Man City hammering United. You're interested in Arsenal Spurs being a complete catastrophe. And I'm also interested in that too, with a bunch of players in that game. That's what you're interested in. 100% that's what you're interested in. And I'm also hoping that the rail strikes don't end all these fixtures um, and make things tricky too. Do you disagree? Do you think that you're interested in the Man City-Man United game over Arsenal Spurs? I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, United on somewhat of a bounce back, if you can even call it that. I mean, you can't call it that, no. <laughs> they seem to have found their footing 
you know, certainly compared to how they started the season, you know, Ten Hag seems to have implemented some of his tactics on that team and they seem to be wanting to listen to him and maybe things might work out for them. And I mean, I, I can't see them beating City, that, that's for sure. But yeah, I mean, that North London derby, especially it being the early kickoff, it's a big game for both sides. Arsenal, of course, still at the top of the Premier League and, you know, Spurs are up there as well. At the end of that game, either of those sides will be on top of the table as well. And, you know, with Son seemingly finding his scoring boots again, maybe he'll get starting berth. And I think that they certainly need him in that big game against Arsenal. And, you know, I, I guess that there's this sort of agenda going around now with Arteta and, and that Arsenal side is that they can beat the teams that are on paper worse than them, but they struggle to do it against the, the bigger sides when they're competing at the top of the table. And that has been symptomatic, not just of Arteta's Arsenal, but of Arsenal over the last couple of years, really, as well. So be interesting to see how those uh, additions, how the likes of uh, Gabriel Jesus performs in his first North London derby as well. So, yeah, I think it will be a good game. I'm hoping it will be a good game. Although I'm going into this game without a Spurs attacking asset, which is uh, slightly concerning, I would say. I'd be concerned. I think it's going to be a very high scoring affair. I don't think it usually disappoints. And I think that Spurs showed how vulnerable they were. They, I know that they obviously pumped Leicester. But they conceded two pretty like they they conceded two goals and watching the highlights actually because I didn't watch the game but watching the highlights as a James Madison owner I felt disappointed not to have got more I felt that he was very very good at creating opportunities um, and that Leicester could potentially have scored more so we've got, I've got Jesus I've got Martinelli I think you've got Martinelli still have you got Jesus you haven't got Jesus anymore have you I haven't got Jesus no but I do still have Martinelli I mean this is it I've got. Half an eye on that City versus Arsenal fixture, and I've sort of started to, I wouldn't say get rid of the Arsenal players, because I think that even during that fixture, you know, I think I'll still keep Martinelli. I'll obviously still keep Haaland, and I'll probably still keep Cancelo. I think the only City player that I will look to move on for that postponement will be KDB, and it, it will be simply KDB to Salah, because, you know, Liverpool's fixtures from that point on look good as well. So, yeah, I think... Uh, you know, I'm in a good place and I don't have to worry too much about getting rid of some of these uh, players who aren't going to be playing in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, well, I have to worry about it. But for now, Arsenal Spurs, I think it'd be high scoring. I'm also looking forward to, um, we won't touch on every fixture, but there's a couple more. I think Crystal Palace versus Chelsea and Liverpool versus Brighton are the two that I care about and I'm interested in. Chelsea versus Palace because it's Graham Potter's first game in charge and because... He actually used to really struggle against Crystal Palace when he was at Brighton. So I, I wonder if that will still be the case or, or whether Chelsea will start well. And Liverpool versus Brighton, because hey, I want to see how bad Brighton are or good Brighton are. Who knows? Now that they've lost Graham Potter, how good was Graham Potter? We'll find out. And because Liverpool have had a lot of time to get a couple of key players like Thiago back from injury, they could like be really good and, and they could make us regret shipping out as many assets as we did on the wild card. What are your thoughts on those games, Jack? Is there anything I've missed that you want to talk about? Any other games? No, yeah. I mean, I think that those two are the other big games as well. As you say, you know, Graham Potter's first game in charge uh, of Chelsea in the Premier League, away from home against Palace. And yeah, as you say, you know, that Brighton Palace, that local derby that he used to partake in so many times. Uh, we'll see if he's uh, figured out how to counteract that Palace side. I'm going to be very interested to see how he lines up going into that game. As I mentioned earlier, you know, with the likes of Cucurella in that side as well. I think we saw glimpses of it in 
the Champions League game. We'll have to wait and see see if uh, Sterling starts as a, a faux pas left wing back, as is how he was employed seemingly in that Champions League game. And yeah, you know, Liverpool, I mean, Salah returned from international duty early so he's had a, a bit of time to get back into training with that Liverpool side as well and as you mentioned Thiago Thiago actually looked really good in the Champions League they have got a, a few key players back now as you say and I think Salah's going to be instrumental in sort of reviving Liverpool's campaign as it were because Liverpool haven't been the Liverpool of old that we've come to expect and yes in a couple of weeks time their fixtures take a bit of a turn but in the immediate future they've got this Brighton home game and then they go to the Emirates to face Arsenal and then they have to host Man City and the way that Liverpool are playing at the moment there's a reason why Salah is now only 35% owned because he hasn't looked on it but you know that at any given moment Salah can produce the goods and pick up a goal or two so We'll see if he hits the ground running uh, after the international break against Brighton. And as you say, you know, Brighton with a new manager now as well. It'd be sort of a litmus test to see just how good Brighton are without the likes of Potter, who has done a fantastic job over the last couple of years with that side. Yeah, I, I actually think that there's going to be a creaming. I think that I almost wish I had Salah because I could captain him this weekend and I'd be pretty confident about that. Whereas at the moment... Well, I'll tell you, I'm captaining Haaland against Man United, but I don't feel totally comfortable with it. And and I guess we'll move on to that sort of the ending bit of the podcast then, where I'm going to combine this because I think it's very straightforward for me this week. and I'm, I'm interested to hear what you've done, and I think you've already probably made moves. But this week, Perisic is gone. Alexander-Arnold is back, just as I planned. Nothing has changed there. Next week, I will certainly still probably be transferring out Almiron to bring in any Leeds midfielder that I like, um, who knows? I'll, I might genuinely roll a dice to decide which Leeds midfielder I get in. Um, and this week I'm just captaining Haaland because I just don't have any better choices. Kane and Jesus play each other. Everyone else is just... Like, I've said it already that I don't fancy putting money or I don't fancy betting in any sort of way on that Monday night fixture between Leicester and, and Nottingham Forest. That's what I've done and that's what I'm doing. That's, that's The team is set in stone. Tell me your transfer, Jack. Tell me your captain. Tell me how you're set up for the week. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> what a start. Well, no, I mean, so obviously I had that Alexander Isaac fawn in my side, so to speak, and, and him picking up an injury on international break was obviously something that I hadn't planned for, and I don't think anyone who owned him had planned for that. And I sort of had two options in mind, and I... I wanted to save money, so I ruled out the prospect of, you know, going back to the likes of, of Jesus, of course, you know, with that fixture postponement in a couple of weeks' time. Made that decision maybe a bit easier for for myself. Again, I ruled out sort of Ivan Tony as well because I didn't want to be spending too much more money on, on a player in my attacking line. So what I've done is I've actually downgraded Alexander oh, no. Isaac to Dominic Solanke. Oh! Yes, the donkey, donkey Solanke. And yeah, I know there's been a lot of talk about him and, and, you know, social media is going crazy about Bournemouth's fixture run. And, you know, I think that they're bottom four for XG and they've what scored two goals or, or whatever it is in the space of seven games so far this season. But you have to take into account that they have faced City, Arsenal and Liverpool in that run as well. And I think he was he was unlucky not to get anything against Newcastle. He scored a goal, got an assist against Forest, 
And these are the teams that they sort of need to be competing with. You know, they're, they're never going to get anything from the sort of so-called big six, big eight teams in the Premier League. So, yeah, I mean, on paper, you know, I'm betting against Brentford. He's got a home fixture against them. But we'll have to wait and see. I, I think, you know, for 5.7 million, I'm, I'm willing to take that mediocre punt, I guess. I mean, I know he's not the greatest and you don't think anything of him, but... I've made my opinions very clear. You know what, well... We'll see. He's got Brentford, Leicester, Fulham, Southampton in his next four. And who knows? Maybe in, in, in a couple of games' time, he's downgraded to just some bench fodder like uh, Greenwood or, or, or whatever at 4.3 million. And maybe it was a bit of a mistake and a wasted transfer. But hey, you know what? I'm 2.8 million overall and I'm willing to just have fun with the game. And yeah, I mean, very much like you, captain's armband on Haaland. I mean, the guy just can't stop scoring. To be honest, I mean, except for that one time against Bournemouth where you would have bet your house on him scoring against Bournemouth. But, you know, with the form that he's in and, you know, he doesn't have to worry about the World Cup because, of course, Norway aren't aren't at the World Cup this year. So Guardiola doesn't have to worry about resting him for that international break. And, you know, that United home fixture, I know I mentioned earlier that United have sort of slowly started to find their feet. But it's just got, you know, Haaland absolutely terrorising that defence written all over it, doesn't it? Oh, well, it certainly does, which is why I've done it too. You you spoke, you said what I'm thinking. You've spoken my mind there, which I really liked. Jack, we're going to end the podcast here, but I do want to say before we go, I admire your bravery. In a world where it takes a lot to be different, <laughs> you've picked Solanke. We'll be here next week singing the praises of Solanke as he scores a brace. At home against Brentford. Mate, if, if, if Solanke does anything at all, <laughs> I'll be so thrilled for you. I'll, I I want you to win as much as, as... I want you to win. I just want to live your dreams, Jack. <laughs> and I really am hoping that, that Dominic Solanke pops off this weekend. He won't. He will! He will because I believe it. In my heart. In my heart, I believe it. I think it's wild to pick a Bournemouth attacker, a, a Bournemouth player, to be honest. But... um. You've done it, and maybe maybe it pays off. So catch us next week where, I don't know, maybe we're picking Jack up from the floor <laughs> where he's completely collapsed after Dominic Solanke netted a perfect hat-trick against Brentford. <laughs> wow, all assisted by Ivan Tony or something. Or Billing, Billing, who goes under the radar. Right, well, catch us next week. <laughs>